Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. Welcome to The Daily Punch. Brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Monday, February 7th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, where things stand on government funding. Number two, the realities of a 50-50 Senate. And number three, who we are watching this week. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The number one story of the morning leading Punchbowl News AM is this February 18th deadline. 11 days until government funding expires. And as much as there has been negotiations between appropriators, between leaders, there still is not an agreement on that top line number for the fiscal year 2022 spending bills. No, there's not. Uh, You know, I would say almost I'm almost speechless because we're we're pretty much at the same place we are every single time there's a government funding fight um but let's let's just run this through i mean so um number 1 no no top line number 2 no agreement on the policy riders and and we are only uh 11 days from expiration of this of this uh, uh last stopgap bill so um we as we reported last week, we thought would happen. Um, the the Senate and the House are going to have to pass a stopgap bill, and that stopgap bill will probably take funding until the middle of March. Um, the middle of March is tough and risky because it's when both parties go on their their uh, their retreat, their policy retreat. Republicans are going to Jacksonville, and more importantly, Democrats are going to Philadelphia. Um, the weekend, the week, right as the the government funding is is about to expire. So that's the ninth to the eleventh in Philadelphia. Uh, they are talking about a CR about a stopgap funding bill that would expire about the eleventh. So they would have to. So they're playing. A, you know, they're putting themselves in this high wire act. Quite frankly, um, and uh, uh, I'm not sure why they're doing that. But hey, what the hell? I mean, they do it all the time anyway. So. Um, kind of a mess, Anna. It's kind of a predictable mess here. Um, and the the details are that they want parity. They want even uh, increases in, in domestic and, and defense spending. And they want to solve some of these policy disputes. But what a mess uh, once again. Yeah, it just seems like this is we're just kind of shuttling every, you know, six months or so from kind of government funding crisis to government funding crisis. And what the bigger problem is, even if they do get those top line numbers uh, done, they they haven't been negotiating the substance of the bills yet. And so that kind of complicates things even further, um, particularly when you look at just, you know, all of the things that are, the Senate and, and Democrats are trying to do. This is, seems like something that, that should be fairly easy. And man, they've just made very little progress. Yeah. And... and- Again, the the people who are negotiating this, uh, the uh, Richard Shelby, the top Republican on Senate appropriations, Pat Leahy, top Democrat on Senate appropriations, Rosa DeLauro, top House Democrat on, on House appropriations, and Kate Granger, the top Republican on House appropriations, are all veterans. I mean, these are people who have been dealing with this for a very long time. So, um, you know, they're probably best positioned here. Uh, to get a deal, but again, very difficult. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the morning, uh, an important one, the 50-50 Senate. <laughs> Senate Democrats are adjusting their schedule because uh, Senator Ben Ray Lujan, the Democrat from New Mexico, has uh, 
dealing with the fallout of a health issue, uh, you know, having a stroke. And that's a big deal for Democrats, right? Because when you really have this break-even Senate and even one member is gone, it can stall the entire agenda, uh, which is, you know, going to be critical for Democrats and certainly for, you know, President Joe Biden's legacy, but also for Democrats going into the midterms. That's right. I mean, um, Lujan is changing the the landscape, quite frankly, of the entire Senate. Uh, he's out for the next few weeks. Uh, and there's r- literally almost nothing that they could do. Um, there are some nominations. There are some um, there is a uh, a bill that to end forced arbitration and sexual assault and sexual harassment cases that could get through. Uh, there's a postal reform it, a bill, but then there's there's just a ton of stuff that is um, uh, that might not happen. Yusika, for example, the big China bill that the House just passed its version on. Not entirely clear that they could get that done, given uh, the the very close numbers in the Senate and the fact that the Senate Democrats don't have a working majority at this point. Now, uh, we we keep hearing that Ben Ray Lujan is going to be back in the next about five to six weeks. We heard four to six, I think, last week. Um, but just, you know, things go wrong and I'm not, I'm hoping nothing goes wrong for him, but just rehab often takes longer than it should or longer than you anticipate. So we'll see, have to see when he comes back. We'll have to see when the, uh, the Senate can get back to full force here. Yeah, I think other things to just watch here is obviously these electoral reform talks, uh, Senator Joe Manchin, uh, raised some eyebrows um, over the weekend when he was on CNN's State of the Union saying that the effort to rewrite the Electoral Count Act will pass the Senate. This bipartisan group is continuing to meet. But the timing on this, you know, is unclear when they're actually going to have the entire package put together. You know, they've kind of deputized different senators to work on different issues, kind of putting all of those things then together will also take some time. That's right. Uh they are gonna, they're planning to meet this week, and uh, I, I do anticipate they'll come to an agreement. I, I think the time is right. I think the I think the uh, the politics is right for all parties involved, and I think they will come to an agreement. But um, unclear when. Uh, I I just don't have a good sense, and I don't think they have a good sense of how f- close or how far they are at this point. All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning, as we do every Monday. We have a section called Who We're Watching. This is the kind of top leaders or individual members who are going to have a key week in Congress or in at the White House. And today, the, all eyes are on House Appropriations Committee Chair Rosa DeLauro, the Democrat from Connecticut. As we've said, she's the uh, she's one of the top four uh, negotiators here. But for her, it's a big deal. This is her first time in this role. And it's kind of her job to figure out how to deal with her GOP counterpart, Representative Kay Granger, the Republican of Texas, who so far has been pretty frustrated by the direction of the proposals being floated by the two parties. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the the as we said before, um, these these Deloro and Granger are uh, in their first kind of go around as a pair in their in these uh, government funding talks. Um 
And, and quite frankly, there's a lot on the line for someone like Deloro. She is uh, try. I mean, for somebody like De- Deloro, you have to think of it this way. She's been in Congress for a very long time. She's always been very involved in social spending, and she's always been very involved in appropriations. Now she's got an all-Democratic Washington, and she's going to want to get what she can out of this full-year funding fight, uh, especially going into the majority, possibly going into the minority. Right. The next one, quickly, Senators Robert Menendez, Democrat from New Jersey, and Jim Risch, the Republican from Idaho. We talked a lot about this last week, that they are the chair and ranking member of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, and they are trying to hammer a deal on sanctioning Russia over the threatened invasion of Ukraine. It seemed as though they were on the one-yard line, and they have not been able to make much progress, at least publicly, over how to punish Russia now, or if they should wait uh, for, actually, for Russian President. Vladimir Putin to order military action. Two big uh, figures that we're going to be watching this week. Yep, uh, we're going to be covering that a ton this week. Uh, time is running is running short here. Uh, they need to get some sort of agreement before Russia actually potentially attacks Ukraine. By the if they keep waiting on this, these sanctions will be completely not. And frankly, to be honest with you, uh, people like Putin and and Chinese President Xi. I mean, they keep saying democracy doesn't work. It's too slow. It's too, it's too cumbersome. <laughs> and Menendez and Rich are, are trying to avoid playing into that, to that stereotype, even indirectly. And the last one, Anna, Kevin McCarthy and the Freedom Caucus. Will the Freedom Caucus try to boot Liz Cheney out of the Demo- out of the Republican conference? Uh, McCarthy has been trying to head that off for a while. Uh, uh, and will he be able to, or will the Freedom Caucus get some Get some uh, uh, get some legs and get some some momentum to try to throw them out. Also, McCarthy is sure to be asked. I mean, I bet your bottom dollar whether he agrees with RNC Chair Ronna McDaniel that the uh, that January sixth was some sort of normal political discourse. Just uh, uh, sneak peek, it was not. <laughs> um, so uh, McCarthy will be interested to see what McCarthy says on that. All right. And with that, thanks so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.